friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast, the show where we dress in Jason Voorhees' mask to murder teens uh, and tell you what we love about. Oh man, I was so sweaty in that mask. Yeah, Jason must uh, have no sweat glands on his face. All right, this is the show where we break down movies we love. Or he just doesn't give uh, a fuck to find out what gives him their magic. We're off to a highly wild and unprofessional start, uh, which might be the greatest way to talk about. Jason goes to hell. <laughs> you guys have been with us on a long journey every night on Elm Street movie, every Friday the 13th movie, up to Jason goes to hell. But we'll finish them all out. Uh, and then again, Halloween Day, guys, a big, big pod. Hopefully we'll have a lot of different hosts. Um, we're going to do Freddy versus Jason. We're going to get as many minds as we can on that masterpiece of cinema. Ooh, that's a good one. For Halloween Day. Um, if you're this far in the month, hopefully you guys like the show. Next month, uh, the pod breaks bread, as we're calling it. These are movies that famously feature a dinner scene, right? So uh, I'm going to give you some quick deets on what we're doing. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Invitation, Home for the Holidays, Clue, It's a Disaster. We're going to the theaters to see The Lodge, and then we're going to have a The Shining and Dr. Sleep double feature. So lots of good stuff next month, too, guys. We appreciate you being with us through this. As always, find us on the Nerd Alchemist YouTube. Uh, that's plural, S at the end. And please leave <laughs> us a rating and review uh, wherever you find the show, especially if you're on iTunes. It only takes a moment, and it helps out shows like us enormously. So stop right now and do it, or I'm going to spew black tongue bile into your face and make you murder your friends and family. Or as we call it, Jason goes to hell. Truth. <laughs> Sam. Yes. Give me your opening thoughts on Jason Goes to Hell. Uh, this is essentially, you could think of this as the end of the Friday the 13th series. Because if you go back and watch Jason X, right? That would have to take place before this happened, right? Mm. So this is essentially the end of kind of a Friday the 13th continuity, as it were. Yeah. I think I like the first five minutes and the last five minutes. <laughs> I love that we bring you on for horror movie months so you can just be like, I'm lukewarm on everything. <laughs> I mean, it's all You're right. man of no hard stance, yeah. <laughs> I watched it at work, so it wasn't that bad. Yeah. I mean, you have a job where you get to watch Jason Goes to Hell. That's a pretty Dude, good job. half of my job is watching shit for money, so I love it. That's true. All right, uh... Let's see. So this movie, essentially, this is where we take Jason and kind of do a backdoor Halloween movie. Mm. Right? This is Jason. Uh, we ponder Jason as an entity. And we ponder, uh, we just add in this insane fucking extra of Jason's family. Yeah, that, is, okay, so, okay, so that wasn't part of the story? No. <laughs> no, okay. So that's what I was confused by. I was like, oh, these characters must have been developed. Like, Diana, was she in the previous? Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, we're just kind of like, hey, man, let's rage. She's not in Manhattan for sure, right? Like, we, Oh, my God. The Jason Voorhees family thing really fucking They don't even have the same loop. last name. Like, they could have at least. Well, because she got married. Oh. Or like they did Patriarchy, with uh, Laurie bro. Strode, right? When another family adopts you, they change you from Myers to Strode. Because they don't want you to be traced out this by your fucking This was definitely a ripoff. Fucking, why'd they wait till the end and then just rip off Halloween? He can only be Probably killed. because they were just like, God, we got nothing. <laughs> there were parts of this movie I did really like, though. 
No, there's a lot of really fun stuff in this one. Uh, this one is so strange, again, because we throw in the family. We throw in... This is the movie where Jason is not Jason for the first time since part one, right? So eight movies ago since Jason wasn't Jason. And even then, we didn't even know what Jason was. So this was, they said, from part two to eight. People love this Jason Voorhees, guys. And this one, they're like, let's use him pretty sparingly and then get some extras to do the work. Right? And his head looks super cool in this one. I love his brain. I know. His costume's pretty great in this one. Yeah, it kind of has that uh, new blood feel, but with a, a, more, a mask that... The face is almost grown over the edges yeah, of the mask, bulbous. which is pretty gnarly. Yeah. So this one actually has a really interesting start to me. Dude, the start is uh, my favorite part. It's maybe the the worst plan in the history of law enforcement. What are you talking about, dude? Okay, so essentially they take uh, a hot, voluptuous Super hot. Uh, uh, also, federal also, agent. Can we just pause for one second? Because... Friday the 13th is significantly better than Freddy just because of all the nudity. Let's be real. You think the boobs add a lot to you? Dude, and the girls in the 80s? Or I guess this was the 90s, but damn. Yeah, no, Jason, they only had hot girls in the 90s. Is that what you're saying? We're showing our age now. Well, I'm just saying no, they used the to put like... the thing about Jason has always been in a weird way because he's a killer, right? But he's this kind of faceless, non-personalized he- killer to me. Jason is very much this horn dog high school boy wish fulfillment, right? You get a lot of violence. It's hardcore. There's always a lot of breast, right? <laughs> There's a lot of nudity in these. <laughs> this is the teenage boy wish fulfillment yeah, uh, hero, right? For Michael sure. Myers is a little too brooding and introspective for the teenage boy. This one is perfect for teenage boys. He's asexual. Right? In this movie especially. But what I like about... The opening of this movie essentially has the uh, – so the the federal government's like, what if we took a voluptuous young agent, yes. put her in an insane amount of danger? Hire more like her. Right. <laughs> That's what I mean. Their plan is so nonsensical because the, just the logistics of how this works. So they have enough people sitting around, right? They have rocket launchers. At one point, it looked like a drone. No, it was a mor- they had a mortar. <laughs> they had a mortar. Yeah, so this is what I mean. They set up, and not only do they set up, but they she has to run what feels like miles through the woods in a towel yeah. to get to her friends that can help waste Jason, right? But what I love about this intro, too, is it plays exactly like an original Friday the 13th scene if they took the piss out of it, right? Yeah. Every single thing that happens, this is when you're like, oh, God, this is the scary moment. But it doesn't, right? They do it with the mirror three times. She keeps opening and closing the mirror. Or she'll duck down under the sink and the camera dips. And we all know horror movies. When you stand up, when he's going to be there. Yeah. When you look away from a reflection and come back, someone's over your shoulder. Dude, in fact, I was, not. I was watching this with two of the guys I work with. And they, and I was like, you guys have to watch this first scene with me because it's the best scene in the movie. And then I went and I got him for the end. But uh, at the beginning, Dale, one of the guys I work with, kept saying, oh, when she looks back up, he's going to be there. And then he's like, yeah. oh, what the fuck? And he just kept saying that for all everything you just mentioned. And I was like, yeah, right. they Well, they do good. the thing, right? The light bulb blows out. But we see her. That's how I knew she would live because she actually fixes the light bulb on her own. Yeah. She seems like a pretty independent, like, can handle things, ladies. And normally that is not the FBI, case in a lot of these bro. movies. But this is the thing. Do you think that was mandated by her superiors? To hey, get naked? You have, you, you have to get naked and yeah. get in the bath. This I is mean, the best way to dude, lure him out. Jason's a lot of things, but he's not stupid. And he could probably smell a trap. 
Obviously not. Well, because she <laughs> is such a good actor that the Jason's audience is super fucking slow walking behemoth, and he did not see himself walking right into the fifty guys with guns. That's the thing about Jason, though, is when the camera's not on him, he's sprinting. Oh, you think? Well, I mean, in Manhattan, he's just a fucking nautical ghost who can teleport. Maybe he kept some of those powers. Who knows? But um, what I like about this opening, too, is not only is it just super fun, but what it's doing is it's telling the audience, hey, man, in case the title wasn't enough, this is not going to be a Friday the 13th movie. You know, they let you know right off the bat. They're like, you have to be prepared for something else with this one. Mm. Right. If you're here for a classic Friday the 13th, uh, part one through eight, this is not the one for you. It's like a <laughs> shitty remake of Fallen. So they call it Jason Goes to Hell. But, yeah, it's essentially, hey, we're going to really try something else. Right. And Jason's not going to Jason's only there just so they can say it's a Friday the 13th movie. Well, and all the cool mirror shots. I like those. Yeah. See, I thought that was fun, too. He's like the opposite uh, of a Jason vampire. get all the way blown up, though. What's it that? did make me ponder. I was like, why is no military unit or police force thought of doing this to this point? <laughs> well, that's the thing. They do. Okay. He gets shot a lot, but you're like, yeah, blow him up. It's that's... like what we used to do when we would debate how we would fight each other if we were both in the quickening from Highlander. Guns. And he's always be like, yeah, blow that fucking guy up. Even if he's not dead, he's gone, right? You shoot and you him. blow everything yeah. off, but his head, it still counts as a seven. Well, also, if you, you know, kill them in quotes, they fall asleep for a second before they regenerate. So you shoot him, kill him, walk up, cut his head off. Boom. Don't even need right. explosions. You need like 12 bucks worth of bullets. Yeah, and we thought of that just getting drunk and stoned and talking about Highlander, right? Like police and military officials should have figured out this well, Jason Voorhees. That... This is the weird thing. In the movie, the crime case actually only lists his kill count at 83. Yeah. And then a slew of others that may have been him. Probably. But you're like, imagine if we were like, there are 83 people that have all died in this fucking tiny area and then this one little part of Manhattan. Figure it the fuck out. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Well, the Manhattan one, they probably thought to hit him with the rocket launcher. It's actually really brilliant. The opening of this movie, right? Well, that's what doesn't work about Jason. Yes, once you, the only way it worked was at the beginning when no one knew who he was. But when he becomes a cult phenomenon, like of course the FBI can. What's more scary, one crazy dude with a machete or the FBI? I feel like the FBI is going to catch him. And also, dude. Maybe. And also. It is just dumb. But listen to this, though. Maybe Freddy... Well, what we learn is Jason obviously is more terrifying because... Did they actually catch him? No. Mm, I feel like it's just bad writing. Why did the... Okay, so you want to get into the next part? They killed him. Yeah, go for it. There are no rules. You can go wherever you want. All right, so you kill Jason, right? What's the first thing you do? Obviously, cremate his ass. Well, what if they – well, this is something they bring up in Jason They X, want to right? study Where him. He, he's about to be cryogenically frozen. They're like, yeah, his his regenerative abilities are invaluable to us as a society. And what do we know in America is true above all else? Capitalism will always win at the fucking cost of anyone in its way. It makes perfect sense that Jason yeah. is preserved. God. Although they don't mention that in this movie, that it's the government trying to like harness you kind his of regenerative Yeah, powers. you're right. You're right. I'm I'm definitely wrong. They definitely would want to study his body. But still, I would have wanted to burn him. Um, For sure. But the weird part, so they take him into the, uh, what's it called? The uh, the morgue. The morgue where they're doing the autopsy. and uh, Right. For some reason, first off, the doctor is funny. <laughs> 
Not well, also, you forgot the most important thing about Jason being blown up. Uh, Creighton Duke is just sitting in the woods smoking oh, and yeah. talking to himself. So Creighton Duke. No one on the FBI's team was able to like, hey, man, I think there's a second crazy motherfucker out. In the woods. Master bounty hunter, dude. Yeah, I love Creighton Duke. He might be my favorite ad. And again, Creighton Duke reminded me a lot so. of a Halloween thing, right? Because there's the end of that Halloween movie where they actually have Michael Myers, this and that. And then all of a sudden, this giant guy in a fucking long duster and a hat comes and breaks into the prison and uh, is there to free Michael Myers, as we find out, right? This gets into the curse of the thorn shit and the druids. Yeah. This had kind of that vibe where they just added this extra badass entity. Well, he wasn't in the previous movies. What? He wasn't in the previous movies? No. Oh, God. So this movie is completely horrible. I thought all of this tied together. No, this is just fun extra How the stuff fuck did Creighton Duke know the secret then? He paid the price, as we learned in the jail cell. You got to pay the price. <laughs> he was over there oh playing finger God. snaps with Jason Voorhees' dad. All right, so the, the doctor's cutting him up, who's also funny. His first line was, this guy is deader than shit. And then he's like, yeah, right. strike that from the record. Strike that from the official record. <laughs> uh, imagine this, though. If your job was to be that guy... Those You'd guys have to probably be. all talk to themselves and have ridiculous senses of humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just think it's – the whole opening of this movie is insane to me on a lot of levels. But what I like about this opening is you have this guy taking Jason apart. And the fascinating scene to me, right, he talks about the heart is filled with some kind of black, viscous substance that I can't identify, right? Yeah. So now he's made contact with – this this is the thing that is Jason, right? This is pure Jason, the black ooze. Mm-hmm. So we learned that through all these movies, right? Jason is that ooze more than he is that giant mutated body. That's how he comes back to life every time. My question to you, why does the doctor start mowing down on this heart? No, that was going to be my question to you. And I almost There has up, to be dude. dark forces luring him in, right? That was probably one of the grossest things I've seen. And it could have just been the time of day I was watching. I don't even know. Maybe I was already feeling sick, but... I literally almost It has a weird cannibal up. movie, but the black goo is extra creepy. Dude, I just was like, oh my god, this, why, why, why? Well, it's like we've all seen our dad, if you're like me and you don't eat red meat like a man, right? We've all seen our dads eat a bloody steak. So seeing someone eat a heart, you're like, all right. I just watched Universal Soldier the other day. They had that giant dude just eating a raw steak right out of the counter. You know, you've seen that shit in movies. Dude, and that probably really happened, yeah. You yeah, can, that you really happened. That, yeah. the black, you don't get that big by eating cooked food, Sam. Yeah, cooked that, food. Uh, you don't have enough time I mean. for the, that. Yeah, the black ooze of the heart is extra terrifying and disgusting and because disgusting. it's so unnatural. Ugh. It just right? seems and what I think like it doesn't taste it adds good. a really fun mythology to Jason where now instead of just, right, so it starts off, it's a mom seeking revenge. Then it's, did the son never die, right? Mm-hmm. And he actually like just saw his mom die and he's raised in the woods on his own. Then we start to get into, well, Jason's actually some kind of super zombie. That is called forth whenever he gets the the waft of pheromones to murder all these horny kids. Yeah. This one even makes it deeper, which is now we see that an evil entity, right, whether it be hell or whatnot, has sent Jason forth as an agent of chaos within our midst. Is he evil, though? That's my question to you. Well, this is the weird part, right? Because the black goo insinuates a larger cosmic force that has controlled jason and keeps him alive keeps sending him back right so that force obviously has the power to lure in the doctor and give him the instructions on you need to eat this heart like a mario mushroom to power up right 
so Jason and the goo can continue. It could, then you it, get more. Well, I mean, this it is could what be, I love about this movie. You and, get more questions, right? It could be a parasite of some sort too. Like there well, could be you need, this. You could be. It could you be think science. This is an alien? No. Yeah. Well, that was going to be my next question. Is Whoa. I think I think Jason Voorhees, the entity or whatever, is an alien. Because if you notice, sorry to jump way into the future, but if you notice when they're in the Voorhees house and they're in the basement, there's a crate that says Arctic Exploration. Oh, fuck. That's true. And I was like, why did they throw that in there? Did they find something in the Arctic? You know what's funny? I just kind of thought of Creepshow when I saw that and it made me laugh. You know, the little beast in the crate uh, yeah. Creepshow segment. Holy fuck, an Arctic expedition. Because it could be a parasite, and it could have, like, airborne qualities. That makes more sense than magic to me. Like, the doctor was invaded by some sort of airborne toxoplasm. Okay, well, run this down with me, right? right. So in part one, we see Jason's mom. She does not look country bumpkin like everyone else we see. Right. She's out in the woods slaughtering in, like, a grandma sweater, right? Mm Mm-hmm. She looks a little put together. So even then, right, she's kind of country, like woods country. Yeah. She's not a redneck like everyone else in her town, right? She doesn't seem to fit the mold. Right. Now we cut to their house, and it's this kind of giant Victorian gothic house with an Arctic explorer's crate underneath? Yeah. Where did they get that kind of money to go on an Arctic expedition? I mean, who's her? who's Jason's dad? This explains why Jason keeps, you know, maybe died under the water, right? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking that you can whatever explain that away either way. Well, what I'm thinking is the parasite, or if I'm, you know, we call it a parasite, an entity doesn't need to breathe underwater and is immune to most forms of death, other than burning. I think. Well, no, I mean we've seen Jason deal with everything essentially. I mean, you could say that that fireball explosion at the start is burning. The death. only weird thing is they need that <laughs> dagger and they need someone from his family to do it. But I'm wondering. But- Creighton Duke never explains where that dagger came from. Yeah, yeah it, never. Could, it could also be an alien artifact. It's just like a weird bone-handled dagger. This could be some predator shit. Right. Right? <laughs> like, this is some kind of, like, tribal warfare thing. But this explains some other interesting parts, right? Mm-hmm. So how does Jason go from a little boy who dies at eight to grow into this gargantuan zombie? Eating raw right? meat. This is how you answer it. When the demon, which we see later crawl out of... Uh, you know, the TV guy's face. Yeah. It's actually like a little fucking alien-looking creature with, like, a sperm tail. Right. When he enters that actress, which we'll talk about later, <laughs> uh, oh, why does then does she come back in the form of gigantic Jason? This entity is rewriting itself and the physical form around it. Maybe it likes this- that form, yeah. That's what I mean. It's rewriting our very flesh. It's like a terrorist. It uses terror tactics by making yeah, itself it's look scary. 3D printing her dead body into the Jason Voorhees that it wants to be. I wish they could have shown the transformation. That would have been cool. Like her body yeah. just gets bulky. Well, that's one of those you just chalk it up to like. What well, would have been awesome up. though they should have done is have Expensive. him look like Jason but be in her clothes. That would have been dope. <laughs> He's still wearing the waitress outfit. And it's just all ripped over him so you can see all of his bulbous yeah. pustules and stuff. <laughs> That would be so cool. <laughs> yeah, dude, I like that, man. <laughs> he has to wear her hair, too. He has to cut her hair off. Well, it kind of looks like it, dude. If you look at his hair, it's pretty That's gnarly. Repulsive. He's got, like, little... No, I like this beat, though, dude. Yeah. Okay, so you think that the alien is spreading itself throughout. This is the weird part, That's though, why I don't think he's right? evil. I think he's just... So it explains the alien, right? And now he's just a natural being trying to survive, right? right. That's what every 
natural entities trying to do is survive. trying to spread itself. Yeah. So you think this is not some kind of greater demonic goo, right? Because I assumed it was very paranormal, right? I just think it but alien actually makes it a little more interesting, right? Then they become like Prometheus zombies. Right. The question is, how do you wrap the Voorhees into that? Well, I think why does it need to be reborn through a Voorhees woman well, or relative? Okay, so this is or killed this, by them. That is, reeks of magic. This is what I think. The girl Diane is supposedly Jason's sister, so the mother, or what I would like to think maybe the father was a scientist of some sort, went on this exploration, came back with this specimen, and somehow it infected the mother or something. But e- either way, like there's something about the blood of the children, even if they're only half. Like, you need that blood to kill Jason somehow. Well, not Jason. Kill the thing that is inhabiting Jason. Well, yeah, the thing that's inhabiting him, yeah. yeah. Jason's already dead, probably. Or Jason was yeah, probably Jason never Yeah, Jason is even... this mutated form of this creature. And you know what I think? I think the dad was kind of crazy, and he might have forced Jason to take that uh, specimen into his body. Fuck, that could be why he was deformed. And that could be why he's deformed. Holy shit. But and he never did die in that lake. Maybe he just lived down there. He's like, I maybe that's what until I figure it out. And then again, maybe like that's just what she believed, and she didn't really know what happened to him. Holy shit! Okay, so Jason is fed the Arctic entity by his father, or perhaps on accident, or inject. Maybe it's not even an entity at that point. Maybe he just finds like some cells or something. Think of this dude so but it comes in a big crate right let's say it's like a little specimen right even if it's a jar yeah maybe he sees jason is infected with this fucking thing or his wife pamela's in, infected before she gives birth to jason that's why jason's born to that's form. yeah that could be a two right and that's why she's kind of crazy too she's on a exactly right that's why she's driven to destroy because it's not but, just her kid it's her other alien part right they're one species essentially yeah they're like one hive mind organism. Well, it's a hive mind, yeah. This is the thing. Maybe Jason was sent to that camp specifically to see what would well, happen if you introduce this into a larger population but still controlled enough. And everyone just died. Um, and also remember how his mother was Whoa. always talking to him in his head? Yeah. Ooh. What if that's just actual communication, dude? What if that's just actually the hive mind? It's like, hey, man, I'm still down here in the lake. Yeah, kill, 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 kill. Save, save, save. I mean, I guess that's the thing. It's like, just walk your ass out of the lake. Walk your ass out, alien. I mean, maybe. What are they planning down there? I don't know, man. This is pretty fast. Maybe they are an underwater species, too. You never even know. That's true. Yeah. Like the faculty. They're just like, this is the best place for us. Yeah, we like that. That's why Jason's always ending up back in the lake to get repowered. And that's how he gets repowered. Yeah. Fuck. Is Jason an alien? I did not even think of the Arctic expedition. Yeah, it was just a weird thing to be in the bottom of, uh, you know, in the basement. Maybe Creighton Duke actually worked at NASA. <laughs> maybe Creighton Duke was up in the Arctic facility. I mean, maybe Creighton Duke with knew Mr. Yeah. Voorhees. That would make sense if he knew Mr. Voorhees, yeah. How did he know the secret? Maybe that knife was found wherever they found the species. Or maybe none of the kids are actually the kids of the woman. They're all some other thing. You know? No, they can all be kids of the woman. That's fine. Well, they could all be, or they it, could it, all it be does. aliens. The the fact that Jason has a sister does kind of recontextualize Mrs. Voorhees in a really bad way. Yes. Where it's like, oh, so you just went out on a murderous rampage and got yourself fucking murdered, or even if you succeed, probably incarcerated, and just left your other kid orphaned? Yeah, what the fuck, lady? 
uh, yeah, if you lose a kid, man, double down. I mean, I, it's hard. I can't imagine losing a kid and how that must fuck you up mentally. But like, hey, man, maybe redouble down on loving the one you got. Yeah, especially in that way, too. If someone actually yeah. is responsible for your kid's death, that's fucked. But if she's been infected and Jason means so much more to her because he's a hybrid. He's an endangered species, yeah. That's true. There's only the two of them, essentially. Whoa. And they must mix. Although she would have come from the womb. Oh, she's an older sister. So there, solves that. Boom. That's how she's not a hybrid. Yeah. She's actually maybe, she had the older sister before he was born. Because this is the weird part. All right. Because that was one of the things in the movie I was going to ask you is why this thing needs to keep jumping bodies. Because when it gets the first coroner, I was like, that guy's humongous. Well, because you have to have more kills, yeah. Keep him. Well, just have the coroner kill everyone. He's gigantic. Oh, and then all. And he's great. What I didn't like was all of a sudden at the end, he could talk. You know what's weird? If you go back to the scene when Jason gets caught and he's getting attacked by the FBI, you can actually hear him like. There's like groans and moans, which you never hear. Oh, weird. Right? Which is weird in that first scene. Because I had to rewind. I was like, is that <laughs> rewind? Like, that's even a thing. We don't do tapes. Anymore. I might have to go back but and watch like, that. I was like, what is that sound? And I was like, I think that's Jason moaning and groaning, which is so weird when he's getting shot and then blown up. Yeah, that's the scary part is he never makes noise. Right. The switching bodies. Because this is the weird part, too. Maybe this gets back to why it has to be a Voorhees, right? This well, is our no, they explain why he switches bodies. They, why is he switching bodies? Because they rapidly deteriorate. Right, that's right. But here, why has that been able to exist in Jason for so long? Though? Because he has the special blood, dude. I was telling you earlier. He has the blood. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because one of the coolest scenes in the movie is when the sheriff uh, finally spits the goo into the, the TV anchor. And oh, then yeah. his body starts fucking melting. Oh, and just yeah, falling yeah, yeah. Apart. that was crazy. You know, what's weird, too, is because when it's leaving the body, it melts faster. That's the weird part of that one. It's almost like just having that in your system when it gets out, and now you're like, oh, I'm, an, I'm a normal human again, and the taint of evil is still here just ravaging and burning everything down on its way out. Yeah, your Gnarly. cells just disintegrate, it looks like. This right. could totally be a sci-fi movie, dude. Why does that only happen when it leaves, though? Well, because it's no lo- So what I think happens is it kills you, or it, it, it eats your life force, but it also kind of keeps you alive. You're essentially a zombie, yeah. Yeah. And then when it leaves, like, he had moment, he had rec- recollection, and, like, he knew that it, that it was him, but he just started melting right away. Right. But also, he got shot in the head, so he would he would have been dead. Well, this is weird, because we see after he gets shot in the head, he keeps fighting, right? The sheriff. Yeah. The sheriff has one of the strangest arcs in this movie. It's not really an arc, but, like, a series of adventures, right? So the sheriff is at the place right he meets up with this lady who wears a lot of headscarves and he's like oh we about to fucking bowl yeah yeah next thing you know coroner walks up just smashes this lady's neck in the door she's dead he wakes up strapped to what looks like some kind of sexual torture device for sure completely butt naked right just the other thing this movie has a ton of dude nudity as well as lady nudity so i feel like that was fair hell yeah no like flopping dong but you know why not a little taste for the ladies that camper guy was very Svelte. Yeah, dude. But what is weird about this, right? Because as he's taking on the lady and her uh, son-in-law, or could have been son-in-law, right? Her <laughs> granddaughter's ba- baby daddy. I have when no, he comes no, to whatever. attack him, the sheriff, imbued with this fucking 
maybe alien Jason, sees himself in the reflection and he has a moment of recollection where he freezes. Right? Yeah. Like he's abhorred at what he sees, right? That even if he's not in control, he sees through uh, his old eyes and he's like, fuck. That's when the dude shanks him through the back and throws his ass out the window. Yeah. So that guy not in control of his body, right? He's not he a kind of made it pause. Jason. Yeah. Yeah. He paused. He had a moment of. It's like a mental battle. Yeah, you're right. And sad. He is kind right? of sad, man. It's what is sad. that? What does that mean for our alien theory? It's a, it's. A, I guess that still works the same, right? It's a Whether parasite, it's possession yeah. or alien. Yeah, same way. right? Yeah, parasite. Maybe he's hoping to be destroyed because they took his his uh, lady and his mustache, and he has nothing left to live for. Oh, yeah, he did shave him. That was weird. Why did, why it's did so sh- weird because he gets him all the way naked, yeah. shaves his mustache, and then inserts the entity. It's like, you I don't, will inhabit it, his body, but I will not be walking around with a mustache. I'm not going to touch that mustache. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think it was just to make us feel uncomfortable. Like, he's going to slit his throat. He's going to slit his throat. But he didn't. Yeah, you know what's weird? The shaving made me more uncomfortable. Yeah. it, it That yeah. feels more like a slap in the f- – I guess – being cut in the throat would be a slap in the face as well. That's not good. But <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, it'd probably be better. I don't know. This is interesting. Very um, interesting. But hey, can we go back to the beginning though? Because yes. <laughs> well, I first off, I thought Crichton Duke was in the other movies, so his character makes even less sense now. But <laughs> do you remember within like like right after the first scene where they're announcing that Jason's dead, and they're like, "We right. have a live interview with Bounty Hunter." Well, no, Crichton he's Duke. saying that he's not dead. Well, no, 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 but the guy on the newscast is saying Jason said, and he's like, we have a, uh interview with Crichton Duke, and they cut to it, and he's like... The infamous what, line? What? Yeah, what do you think of when you hear the word Jason Voorhees? And he's like, uh, I think of a little girl in a pink dress sticking a hot dog through a donut. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, clearly Crichton Duke is not a black belt in symbolism. <laughs> what... But that doesn't mean anything to the rest of the series? No. Oh, okay. Dude, so I... The hot dog through the donut is the part that really threw me for a loop. Yeah, and he's like, well, I was hoping you'd think more of, uh, you know, Jason. (laughs) Yeah, but what he says, and this is actually an interesting thing to your theory, right? To bolster your theory. He goes on to say, Jason Voorhees is something we've never seen before. Right. This world has been filled with demonic possessions yeah right creatures from the abyss before jason i mean that's been in mythology forever maybe that is evidence again that he saw something that this is alien where did this guy come from he's obviously well-renowned like people know who he is he's caught a bunch of serial killers right yeah i don't know what if i was hoping you could tell me man what if this is the entity right this is the thing what if creighton duke and mr Voorhees were a duo of bounty hunters who tracked these serial killers and found that all of these famous serial killers had this goo. The parasite kept jumping from one to another to another. Dude. And then maybe Mr. Voorhees goes astray, keeps the goo for himself. It gets out, infects Mrs. Voorhees and Jason. Yes. There you go. And the other daughter gets freaked out and runs away. Right. She gets taken by the state. What Dude. happens to Mr. Voorhees? Who knows? Maybe Creighton Duke and him have a showdown. Maybe he's buried in that basement, yeah. Um, uh, Dude, yeah. Netflix series, bro. 
the Creighton Duke files. Yeah, I would watch that. Uh, I think that we're going to have to just chalk that up to the mystery of all. T- I don't know. Maybe Earth and the human race is the donut and the aliens, the hot dog. Yeah, I didn't get that, dude. Right? Because he keeps coming in in a very phallic tongue-like shape into us. I guess we're the donut. Like, I honestly want to figure out. I'm going to go on IMDb, figure out who wrote this and see if I can find that dude's email address. And just be like, what does that line mean? I'm like, is this some kind of weird, like, internet subsexual culture thing that I'm unaware of? Like, what is happening here? No, I think maybe we're just the donut and the the alien is the hot dog. Ooh, maybe. It's so weird (laughs) that I didn't think of it in terms of possibly an alien. Because now that I'm thinking about it, this is very Body Snatchers, right? This is the Body Snatchers Friday the 13th. Yeah. Yeah, Creighton Duke. Here's another Creighton Duke scene that I have to ask you about that throws me for a loop. So when Steve goes to jail, yeah, right, is locked in the cell, Creighton Duke's his cellmate. And Creighton Duke's like, hey, man, you're connected to the Voorhees. Like, why Creighton Duke let himself be arrested, period? I don't know. He makes it seem like it's part of his plan. Yeah. So Creighton Duke is in there, right, because he's arguing with a sheriff, pretty much saying he'll murder a sheriff in a small town. That never goes well. While being a black guy, mind you. <laughs> and uh, right. so he tells this guy, he's like, hey, man, and this is actually something I wanted to talk about as a plus in the movie that I enjoyed. I will tell you information that you need to save not only your uh, estranged lover, your child who you've never seen, and the human race as a whole to defeat Jason Voorhees. <laughs> but to do it, you must pay the price. Yep. And every time he wants an answer, he has to get his fucking fingers snapped. Why is Creighton Duke torturing this man? Why not just... Okay, so I've thought a lot about this, actually, because that scene (laughs) puzzled the fuck out of me. And I think it's because he wanted to make sure that he was mentally strong enough to complete the task. I mean, that's my only read on it, too, is this was a, are you really down for this fight? Or Creighton Duke's just a psychopath. That's the other element that I wondered about is maybe Creighton Duke's been a little bit too exposed. And maybe Creighton Duke doesn't even really care about saving the world. He just wants to kill Jason. But at the end, he's willing to give up all the prize money and this and that. It feels a little more altruistic by the end. Yeah, but yeah, he had a big character shift. He went from kind of a scumbag, it seemed like. I don't know. He's still a scumbag at the end because he's like, kill, kill them all. <laughs> yeah, no one who's not a scumbag says that little girl with the hot dog line. Yeah. <laughs> That's an unnatural. But what this scene does, and I actually think this is really cool because they do this two or three times in the movie, is they find a way, because because they're doing this kind of extra level of Jason, right? It's Friday the 13th with no Jason, but we have to keep Jason ever present in the audience mind. Right. They have to do a lot of explaining scenes, right? So Creighton Duke has to explain to him, oh, he has sisters. This is why you have to kill. There's always something that needs to be explained, right? This movie does a really good job in the script of adding extra visual fun to scenes that would otherwise be shockingly boring people talking, right? So you have this, you have the finger snaps. That's one. That's a really clever way to do exposition and make it interesting, right? There's the scene when the cop shows up after she kicked him out of the car, right? And they just start beating the shit out of each other while talking about She's gone to the police station just so we know that he can get to wherever he needs to go. But adding the fight is a really fun extra layer. Him and the cop friend pulling the gun on each other before they talk. Yeah, and then he's like, um, Even me. the camping scene, right? The camping scene's another one of those where they find ways to make 
scenes really that should be really boring kind of interesting right Mm -hmm. and they do it in the opening by subverting your thoughts that opening camp scene where the people are like oh jason's not here we can fuck at crystal lake now and not get slaughtered yeah why is that scene so long uh it's such a long scene right but what i like about it is it's kind of subverting your expectations again right I think it's, it's changing the dynamics of Jason just enough that keeps us off kilter so that our minds are more open to the new stuff that's coming down the road. Because he kills that girl, and it's the doctor killing her with the scalpel, like a bunch of cuts, right? Yeah, that one was pretty weak. And it's weird because I was like, wow, that's a shockingly unfulfilling kill. Yeah, it didn't even really show her dead. and You didn't know she was dead until you know the body later. Right, but this gets back to my theory of this scene, right? So we see the girl. She puts on a flannel while the dude gets butt naked after skinny dipping. Yeah. So that's subverting the way these scenes normally play out. They go to the tent and are about to start a sex scene, right? Oh, they do? No, we have to go get economy. He pulls oh, right, you right. back out. She goes and walks. Da, 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 da. Takes the world's shortest pee. Walks around some more. Never finds the body. Never gets jumped. And I was just like, why is this taking so long? They get in the tent, and then they start actually fucking. Yeah. And now you're like, oh, my God, why is this fucking lasting so long? <laughs> then it ends in this fucking explosive kill. <laughs> the fucking rips her in half, uh, yeah. you know, metal rod right through the chest. And then rips her in half. Blood sprays everywhere. And that's what I thought this movie does well a lot is. Here is something. A little bit that- of both. It's so boring and long and drawn out, but it ends in this explosive manner. So what I think it's doing is it's intentionally always trying to keep us off balance. Yeah. And then in moments where it has to explain, it's still adding really fun stuff. So I think these are the two things this movie did really well on just a technical level that I thought were really fun additions. But that camping scene, I had to watch that like three times. So it's just like, why is <laughs> you this had scene to? like, it felt 10 minutes long. I, man, I, I was like, I guess why I just show didn't her feel that. walking to take a pee where she clearly doesn't pee? She, it's literally like doing a squat in the gym. She's down for half a second and then back up. It's just one of those scenes where you're like, why is this in the movie? Yeah, maybe. And that's why I think it's in the movie. I think it's drawing Just you to out. make you think about it. Well, I think the movie hits you with unusual pacing. So also, the, again, none they of those know characters it's not matter. a true Friday movie, so they have to always keep us a little on our toes as an audience. I just don't think that that scene actually – I think you're giving it way too much credit, dude. I think they just wanted to have some nakedness, and because uh, the scene they did, had all the nakedness already. Yeah, but that scene they wanted more. That that scene didn't make any sense, dude. Because what the fuck? So Jason's after this girl, but he takes a pit stop to go kill some random campers at Crystal Lake. At Crystal Lake. Well, he still has to do his base job, which is defending Crystal Lake, which may have a spaceship underneath. <laughs> You They're getting know. too close to the ship. You never. But oh did. my god, dude! You know what I just realized? There is a ship in the bottom of that lake. How does Jason get defeated at the end? Right? You know what that fucking knife is? That knife is a homing beacon for the mothership. Oh, so he just gets taken back. She stabs Jason. Right? He keeps fighting. She kicks it into his chest all the way. What happens? An actual straight pillar of light from the sky sucks him yeah after the clouds form to cover any sighting ability of the spaceship i guess in a way you're like oh that's heaven and it shoots down little aliens pew pew like little spinning laser sperms 
Dude. That's a weird flex for God. Couldn't God just be like, poof, you're gone? I mean, God just naturally lets shit happen without lights. And then, yeah, God creates those giant earth golem hands. Very strange. Ooh. That pillar of light looks exactly like a tractor beam, right? Right. It does. Holy shit. I mean, it looked like a spotlight. And why the cloud cover? So that no one could see the spaceship. Well, here's the thing, then. Coming to collect the intergalactic fugitive sludge that they've been searching for. Maybe we're thinking about this the wrong way. Maybe he's not even an alien. Maybe he's just some under underground dwelling ancient race. Well, then how do you explain the light? The lizard man. Uh, good point. I think aliens better. Good point. Aliens I think are alien better. works more for. But that. he did get sucked into the ground by giant hands. He did get sucked. Why into weren't the they, ground dude? By wouldn't giant it have been hands. scarier if they were just like regular human hands grabbing him? All of his victims. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the no, big sure. hands were kind of stupid. I was like, come on, man. Jason used to be. It's scary. not my favorite. That's not my favorite part of the movie. I'll give you that. I do like that um, scene though. It's a cool scene. That whole last scene is fantastic, and right? I like Jason bursting forth. I like that they gave Steve, who actually was from the Friday the 13th TV show, which is funny. Oh, yeah. They gave him another run, and he actually gets some licks in on Jason, which is cool. Because Jason wasn't really a part of the show, right? They did like a – I think it was a curiosity shop. Hmm. So they'd get like a weird – it was like uh, the evil thing room in Annabelle. Gotcha. Where you're just like, oh, Jason's mask is one of the items. That's one scary tale, right? They all had a tale. They got like a Mulder Scully thing, if I remember right. Mm. But let's talk about uh, the TV show Scumbag. Scumbag? He has the TV show Scumbag. Oh, the right? TV he show gets Scumbag. Taken over. I thought you were talking American about Fleabag. Cold for a case, I think. I think this guy has maybe the scummiest two minutes in movie history. Oh, about the body? When he comes to the Voorhees house. And he's like, yeah, let's church it up a little bit so people are scared. P.S. I stole my soon-to-be mother-in-law's corpse right. and hid it in the house so we can find it on camera. Like, that's a totally normal thing to do. And then to make matters worse, and he says, and then you know what I did? I went home and fucked your daughter. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> and I just went from, who was this guy who was just a background TV character to... Who the fuck is the scummiest character I've ever See, seen in a movie? That was just a lazy way to get Steve back into your good graces as an audience viewer. Because you're like, oh, well, Steve's a good guy. This guy's obviously yeah, a good not. good guy that just left his fucking wife and kid? I didn't think that. Well, I did. I was like, he's better than this guy. Well, yeah, he's better than that guy for sure. But you're like, I've already seen Creighton Duke and any number of, you know, the sheriff get fucking strapped up and shaved. Like, I've seen any number of poorly behaving people in this movie. Right. <laughs> I mean Isn't that just a weird thing to They just kind of threw that in That's what I Dude that's the problem I have with a lot of these movies Is they make people I feel like It's scarier if you like the people And they get killed But they for some reason Make everyone That is gonna die Or that you want to die Turn into an asshole Well this is the exact case For the diner right like, the, the people in the diner are just so... Like, that lady is Yeah, hilarious. like, why is she so, like, stingy? Like, so but you don't like her. she even says, get that fucking thing out of here. She's like, this isn't a nursery, it's a restaurant. Like, she's like, it'll be fine when it's on the streets. You're like, oh, my God, is she saying to, like, orphan that baby? Yeah, throw it out. she doesn't want in her restaurant where she rips her customers off by making half-sized hockey mask burgers. But her death and her husband's were great. When he gets put in the fucking deep fryer... Oh, and then Jason God. actually does like the Michael Keaton Batman. Or not Jason. This is actually American Cold Files, bro. Hmm. Smashes her fucking face in. Where it's 
and she can't talk. The lady who's been this kind of fire firebrand at the mouth, right? They're just like, nope, fucking face smash. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. Her teeth were like. It's the weird thing of the movie is they never give you any reason to latch on to the mom, right? Who's Jason's sister. I, I kind of like Jason's her. niece or Jason's, you know, great niece, whatever you call your niece's kid. But she just didn't have a scene where she mattered. It's just kind of so matter-of-factly that she just and dude, the, uh, it was bad because, like, was she dating the sheriff? Seemed that way. He said, that's my girl. He's, like, 60-something. But then they make it seem like that's her dad. Because remember, her daughter runs back to him, and he feels very familial with her. So Although that would be the case like whether an ex-husband. he was up with the waitress or not. And then she's like— It could have been her husband or her dad. They had that weird— Because also I looked at the waitress, and I'm like, she's Jason's older sister? Yeah, she's not like, that how old. How old is she? She just not. She doesn't look that old. Yeah. Um. And yeah, the daughter. I don't know. It was just very confusing. The daughter has essentially no character. It feels well. Like. All these characters and like Steve, like like we assume he left her, but I mean she's the one that left the town, right? Well, he must have left, and then she moved on with her life, is what they hint at. But oh, you mean like broke up with her, but just stayed there. Yeah. Maybe that's the point of all the characters kind of having some kind of gigantic flaw, though, right? Is So that when Jason enters them, one, we don't feel as bad. And two, maybe it's showing us that we all have this darker side to us anyways. Right? That maybe there's a lot of little evils going around this world. And it doesn't have to be the big uh, alien penal penetration evil uh, that we see throughout the movie. Eh, you're not buying that. I think you're giving it, giving the writing <laughs> way too much credit, dude. I think that they just wanted everyone to feel comfortable with all these people getting slaughtered, so they made him pieces of shit. You think so, huh? Because it was all so quick, too. Like, okay, so we find out that Josh, the uh, the other sheriff, whatever, the guy that gets shaved, we find out that he's a good guy, right? He's walking to her to his car, and he's like, hey, forgive, forgive that other guy. He's really a good guy, and he cares a lot about you. And then immediately... He walks over to some random chick and is like, my husband's going to be home in two hours. We better go. And I'm like, okay, so he's a piece of shit too. Yeah. Like every person. Maybe every person has a little bit of that darkness in it. Well, I think in reality everyone does, but this is Hollywood, bro. No one's perfect, man. You don't want to watch Jason just tearing through Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. You know who's perfect, man? Now that I said that. Aragorn. Aragorn? Aragorn, who fucking fled on his entire species. Not his choice. To go be a fucking greasy-haired ranger. Not his choice. Ignoring his responsibilities. Letting Minas Tirith be constantly savage. Aragorn might be the most imperfect. Terrible guy. Uh, I don't think you know much about that story, dude. I think I know enough to say (laughs) that he's the worst. I think I know just enough, baseline. I'm no Colbert, but I know some stuff. No, man. Uh, and then we have to talk about this movie, perhaps most famous for its final image. Yes. And I forgot. I completely forgot about that till it happened. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. And I, it instantly took me back to seeing this movie in theaters and how hyped right. it was back then. Well, do you remember back? There's a thing that used to happen when they would make a trailer for a movie that didn't show you anything from the movie. It'd be its own piece of art, right? Mm. I remember like seeing what? this movie, like Jason Goes to Hell, and I had no fucking idea. That that happened, right? If, if that happened now, it'd be all over Twitter. And oh, I yeah, yeah, dodge yeah, it, right? yeah, yeah, When that happened as a kid, I just remember being, oh, what the fuck? 
Yeah. You could have told, like anything that happened in that movie. That was going to be a classic movie to me that I had to show my friends. Just for that one scene. No matter what. Because Freddy fucking drags the mask and down. And the movie Freddy's Dead had come out like two years before that, right? Yeah. Which is weird because this is the strange thing about that, right? Like, why did they leave the mask? Why does Freddy want the mask? You know what I mean? He doesn't want to look at They're his ugly face, hell. probably. Yeah, very strange. It's all strange when you think about it based on what we've laid out that we think maybe Freddy is an alien. Yeah. but Or Jason's Jason. an alien. But it's still, that's just one of those things. Whoever, and this was back in the day before crossover movies were a thing. I know, like that's now what was so cool about crosses well, over, right? Don't you remember? Shared universe. That was an amazing experience as a child. And at the same time, you remember there were talks about how they were going to do like Ash versus Jason versus Freddy. Well, right. You remember in the Voorhees house, they had the Evil Dead book. They had the, the Necronomicon. Dead. Yeah, everyone was like, it's all yeah. connected. Yeah, dude, that, that, that shit blew my mind when I was a kid. Yeah. Totally crazy. And apparently there is actually production art done of the two of them coming to hell and then Pinhead rises up. So it could have had even Hellraiser connections, right? There was just too... So the idea that we could have had this fucking dark universe... Yeah. You know, all the way back then. Oh, my God. Dude, I would do... I would do anything to have that now. Well, it's not too late, bro. (laughs) It's not too late. It's not too late. Maybe we're reviving enough interest that they'll bring us back our toys. Dude, that would be so I don't cool. know, man. I think at the end of the day, though, it's a weird it's a weird version of Jason, but this is what I always say. When you're this far into a series, you have to give us enough of what we want, and you have to find new places to go. You have to try new things. The yeah. series that are not as popular as Friday and Nightmare and some of these are the ones that just kept remaking the same movie, right? Like Candyman is the one that always comes to mind. I love the Candyman movies. But it's essentially the exact same movie three times in a new city. Mm. You know, it suffers a little bit from that. I wanted to explore more of the Candyman, you know, mythos than just what they kept giving me three times, right? Same with Child's Play. Yeah. I want a little more, and they just didn't do it. They just changed the setting. This one adds a lot of fun extra wrinkles to explore with the Voorhees and Jason, which I think is fun, man. And Creighton Duke is just – that's the thing. Creighton Duke – the scene where the old man gets fucking strapped up and shaved, uh, the weather or the, you know, podcast host guy, yeah. the the lady who runs the restaurant. There's just a lot of strangeness it's in this weird, movie yeah. that I enjoy. You, en- you, know, you so enjoyed it? it? Just enough awesome Kane Hodder Jason yeah. to kind of wet the whistle. And then the rest of the movie is just so strange. And again, I think the way they shoot it, right, with really long scenes and explosive ends. And then we'll do a lot of talking, but we're going to do weird shit like just break – Here's a guy who kind of is a hero who saves a baby, but also just wants to break this dude's fingers for nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the movie's just like this large series. And what we say on this show, it's all alchemy, right? Just throw all these weird fucking see things into a vat and see what happens. And Jason Goes to Hell might be the prime example of that. And then at the end, you're like, this is already pretty fun. Freddy Krueger grabbing yeah. the mask. It's, and then it, it's worth that's it like an all-time iconic horror moment. Yeah. It's, yeah, I don't know, man. I think this one's still really fun. If this was the last Friday we had gotten, it would have felt like a pretty fun send-off to the series to me. Uh, I kind of agree. Like I said, though, the first five minutes and the last five minutes are the best part. <laughs> I love that you're th- – I never thought of it as an alien invasion movie. Yeah. I think there's well, a of lot like there, the man. Thing. You remember the movie The Thing? Yeah. That's yeah, what that's it kind of exactly reminded it. me of, yeah. 
I know. We just had that happen. A scientist just pulled some little thing that looks like a condom with tentacles out of the ice, and they were playing with it. I'm like, this can't end well. Put it back. This podcast might not ever make it to air because of that. Who knows? Yeah, we might all be dead by fuck. But that's the other thing. Is Jason, come on, Crichton Duke, is Jason really going to threaten the whole world? What one? I mean, his machete never gets dull, apparently. <laughs> I'm just like, he can only kill so many people. You can just keep blowing them up. That's the biggest proponent against your alien argument is that only infecting one person at a time seems like a really bad invasion strategy but that's what i'm saying is maybe it's not like a hundred maybe he's not evil but if you think of it from like a lilo and stitch angle where this thing is an alien fugitive yeah that's just using us to hide then it works he's just trying to live and everyone keeps coming to his area and on his planet the laws are different so you can't what was that let me see if I'm hip and young, even though this song's like 10 years old, that ASAP Rocky, we just out here trying to function. That's just Aliens theme music. I never heard that I one. just made myself seem uncool oh and God. old, all in one joke. Good job, bro. <laughs> that's right. cool, though. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, Jason has gone to hell. Dragged there by Freddy, perhaps. Later. Uh, we will return tomorrow with Jamin and I's discussion of Jason X. Nice. That's and a good then, one. And uh, then we have Sam back for the Friday the 13th remake, which was a great conversation. And it's the big one, guys. Halloween, Freddy versus Jason. I have watched it three times already this September. Three times. It is fucking batshit crazy. It's a good one. So in September, I watched it three times. I'll probably watch it some more in October. Nice. Fucking insane film that I cannot wait to discuss. Epic. Uh, So, yeah, as always, guys, you can find us on the Nerd Alchemist, plural with an S at the end, on YouTube. Also, wherever you find the podcast uh, audio format, if it's on iTunes, wherever, please leave us a rating and review. It takes you almost no time at all, but it means the world to a show like us. We do appreciate it so much. Uh, Thanks as always, guys, and we'll see you back uh, for more Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm your host, Josh Griffey. And that's a little Joined kid. as always by my two children in their hey, Ninja buddy. Turtle Halloween costumes. What in the hell? Who is that? Is that Donatello? We got a Leonardo and a Michelangelo. They're invading us like alien oh, Jasons. Watch out. The Black Ooze is everywhere. <laughs> All right, I'm Josh Gross. Griffey. I'm Sam. That's Sam Price. <laughs> no, I'm Sam. You, Don't, you're not Josh and yeah. Sam. I'm Sam. Or are you? Oh, shit. Maybe you're just a little girl in a pink dress pushing a hot dog through a donut. Maybe I am.